1: December is a month rife with traditions. Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, the Rockettes, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, the same 10 songs playing on the radio over and over. But recently, a new bullet point has been added to this seemingly endless list. The premiere of a new Star Wars movie. I don't know about you, but I've been getting pumped all fall to head to the movies, get some popcorn, and enjoy yet another chapter on the big screen.
2: I was one of the few Americans, it seems, who didn't see Star Wars. Why break my streak of seeing none of them? But it's a holiday tradition for my mom and I to see a ton of movies, and this is undeniably prime movie-going season. A huge chunk of potential award winners get released, and people want to cram to be in the know at Oscar time.
1: But actually, more and more, people are doing that cramming at home. Despite our excitement, people are going to the movies less and less.
2: I get it. Unless you're desperate to see a movie the month it comes out, you can always wait and watch it from the comfort of your own living room for less money. Home theater systems are getting bigger, TVs are getting better and also bigger. There's almost no reason to leave.
1: Plus, there's all that other content out there that you've been meaning to watch. There's so many shows on my list of things I need to get around to watching someday.
2: It's a problem that movie theater chains are desperate to solve.
1: I'm Lindsay Rupp. And I'm Jenny Kaplan. Today on Material World, we're talking about what movie theaters are doing to try to win you back.
3: What you'll notice if you look at box office numbers is that either the box office revenue is edging up, past recent years, like 2015, we had record box office in the US, but attendance itself is not growing. Anusha
2: Sikui is an entertainment reporter at Bloomberg who covers the movie chains.
3: The reason that we are getting an increase in box office revenue is because one of the main things that theatres have been doing is increasing pricing. They've been able to do that because of the advent of digital uh, media, um, so the digitization of theatres, also the proliferation of premium large format screens like an IMAX theatre screen within an AMC Cineplex, for example. They can charge premium pricing for that. And also the chains like AMC and Regal have their own premium large formats which they can charge more money for. And they've been investing, you know, a lot of money in reseating. So adding luxury seating, recliners. So your experience is much more enjoyable. You can also have in-theatre dining. Um, more recently, in the past few months, we've seen theatres take it up a notch and talk about other ways that they're really going to try and push the boat out and, and and grow revenue, grow attendance. And they're going to try different ticketing initiatives so maybe for example if you go to the theatre that first row that's always empty because it's way too close to the screen maybe they'll charge less for that or for example at quieter times they'll charge less and at busier times maybe they'll charge more that brings it more in line with you know a concert or sports ticket sales process where you know, there's really a kind of dynamic pricing um, of tickets. And you know, we haven't really seen theatres do that and keep up with the airline industry or the uh, sports and live entertainment industry when they've come to pricing tickets. So that, those are the kinds of initiatives. AMC said it might also send, sell rese- uh, merchandise linked to films in its theatres. It might also sell movies online. Those are huge shifts, I, for one, am
1: very into the new comfy chairs. I went to a theater in South Street Seaport, New York that felt like I was suddenly transported into the future. And when I was back home in North Carolina, the theater there had new seats, too. Movie chains have realized they really need to up their game.
3: This past year has been a real eye-opener for followers of the movie business because this summer we probably had one of the worst summers in like a decade at the box office and that was driven by, you know, some flops. Films really just weren't hitting as well as expected and that always happens to some degree but compounding with that has been the rise of digital distribution of original films and, and great TV content from the likes of Netflix and Amazon. So there's much more online content to keep people at home and, uh, you know, people are more consumed with their mobile lives. So being in a theatre is a bigger ask of people. So while proponents of the theatre industry, you know, CEOs um, of the major chains will say, you know, that this is a blip and that it's, it's a result of, um, you know, poor film choices by studios, that uh, there are others that uh, Wall Street analysts, for example, that are are much more bearish on the situation and suggest that there is a issue with attendance, movie attendance in the US, which record show has been sort of stagnating over the past few years. And, you know, also that there's a lot of um, supply amongst movie studios that, you know, there's maybe too many superhero films, too many, too many films along the same the same line. Um, so at the same time, what we've seen is um, theatres really try to uh, push forward and, and try and evolve to meet these more challenging times.
2: On top of that, studios themselves are pushing to take a little bit of movie theatre power away from them.
3: I broke the story with um, with colleagues here in LA at the end of last year and early this year, writing about how studios were pushing theatres to accept that movies, new movies, which they have a period of exclusivity of up to like sort of three months uh, currently, uh, that they wanted new movies to be in the home sooner and talking about maybe having, you know, new releases available for rent at home, you know, just two weeks after it opens in theatres. That was a huge... um, threat to theatres because they need people to think that they can't see this movie anywhere else unless they go to a theatre and um the problem for studios is that like okay that's great for the first month but then we've got one or two months when people can't see those films so that's had a huge impact on the share price of theatres AMC for example its shares are down over 50 percent year to date um that's five zero so it's really had um a huge impact, uh, that sort of structural, potential structural change to the movie business and that, that whole windowing process.
1: At
2: least one innovative company is trying to change the whole business model of going to the movies.
3: Yeah, this year we saw, uh, in the summer, we saw MoviePass, which is a company that has been around since, you know, 2011. Uh, they got a big investment and were able to cut the price of a, of a subscription plan to see, you know, as a, a movie a day for a month to uh, just under 10 bucks. And that had a huge amount of interest. And, you know, it really sort of seemed to make a light bulb go off in, in, the, in the heads of movie fans um, that they could go to the movies every day, you know, for nine ninety nine 99 or nine ninety five. dollars 95 MoviePass CEO Mitch Lowe is no stranger to
1: innovative tech disrupting Hollywood. He was one of the early executives at Netflix and was president of Redbox. Now he wants to tackle the movie-going part of the business.
4: I found out about this company called MoviePass that had, had, was really trying to be Netflix for the movie theaters. And I was fascinated by it, and I started advising these guys. I found what they were really trying to do is they were um, uh, trying to address the moviegoer who already goes about 18 times a year, that heavy moviegoer. And therefore, their price uh, was in the 30 to $50 range. And I, you know, after advising for a while, I went off and did other things and then found out about them again uh, at uh, the Sundance Film Festival in 2016, uh, got introduced to their then uh, uh, majority shareholder, a guy named Chris Kelly. And so he and I hit it off and we both realized that, you know, there was a real big opportunity, more for a mass product that could re-energize of moviegoers who, who only went to five movies a year. So after about a year of testing and surveys and research, uh, in August, we launched uh, our new product at nine ninety five. You know, it's, it's aimed at people who are only spending $50 a year going to movies and now getting them to spend 120. We just passed a million subscribers in four months, and uh, that's faster than Spotify, faster than Netflix,
2: To finance the new product, MoviePass recently sold a little more than 50% of the company to data analytics firm HMNY.
4: On one side of the coin, for mobile and at home, you have all this innovation, all these other ways to consume entertainment, you know, options like subscription or bundling or a la carte, you know, different devices, your phone, your laptop, your smart television, your old television, in the airplanes everywhere whereas the theater hasn't you know kind of changed the way they transact with you what they have done though over the last 18 years is almost doubled the price so every year that the ticket sales go down the answer from the exhibitors is well let's just raise our price and we'll be even so in the face of continuing rising prices and alternatives that are incre- have a lot of flexibility and options, you know, especially young people are kind of talking themselves out of going to the movies. They, they go, oh, it's risky. It's 10, 15 bucks. After all, I've got all the entertainment I need, you know, on my phone. You know, I'll go to the Star Wars. I'll go to the big titles that are promoted, but I won't go to the smaller titles. I'll just wait for them to come out on, on Netflix. And so what people the the way people use MoviePass is number one they go to twice as many films as they went to before. So if they went to 5 films a year last year and they joined MoviePass, we they we see them going to 10 to 12 movies after they join. And almost 100% of that increase are small films, those films that they used to say I'll just wait to see them on HBO or whatever it might be. So what that's doing, what's happening is, instead of waiting, people are actually seeing more films and especially more smaller films uh, in the theater. And this is horrible marketing language, but I think people consider this like bad movie insurance. So I know I can explore and experiment seeing films I generally wouldn't see and take the risk and I know if I don't like it, I'll just walk out and it won't cost me anything. So that's how we're re-energizing. We're getting people to, we're kind of removing the barriers to decide to go to the movie in the movie theater.
1: Still, from a business perspective, Movie Pass has a long way to go.
3: They're spending a lot of money. They are loss-making. They had a qualification on their recent uh, earnings saying, you know, they they would be question their viability long term, you know, unless they get more cash. But they have had some kind of impact, they claim, on attendance. So if they do have a real impact on attendance, maybe they will get, you know, revenue from movie studios who will pay to have advertisements on their on their website. But there have been attempts from third parties to insert themselves into, you know, sort of between the movie theaters and, and the studios and try and make money by disintermediating them in a way and just dis- causing disruption that, you know, arguably you know, is, is, is overdue in this space. Um, but they haven't been successful so far. So we'll see.
4: They said that to us at Netflix, they said it to it at, at Redbox. How could you possibly rent a movie for a dollar a night? when Blockbuster's charging 4 or $5. And it's all about getting the science of utilization right. And what we see with our subscription customer is they end up going to twice as many films, but that ends up after the third or fourth month at about one film per month. And that's approximately what they're paying us. So what we hope to do is to break even uh, after three, four months on the on the amount of movies you go to, and then over time, what we 've found is we we can be an incredibly valuable marketing tool on behalf of the content owners, especially for those small films, whether it 's generating revenue from marketing movies or it 's advertising or it 's selling our subscribers something else. When we break even on the customer on the cost of goods versus the revenue and then make our money in other ways, we kind of create a win for the whole ecosystem. People go more often, they buy more high-margin popcorn, so the exhibitors make more money, the studios make more money because we drive customers to those smaller films they can't afford to market.
2: Clearly, MoviePass is doing something right because they've got themselves a copycat. Cinemark, the third largest theater chain in the U.S., recently announced its own subscription plan.
1: Cinemark has 525 theaters around the world, with about 345 in the U.S. The company's been doing the works to try to upgrade customer experiences. Here's CEO Mark Zarati on what the chain is up to.
5: Um, by the end of this year, we'll have over 40% of our screens having the electric luxury recliners and and more than half of our theaters with expanded food, and many of our theaters with wine and beer, and, and some full alcohol. And, and of course, we're doing big marketing efforts. So we we launched uh, the first national subscription program called Cinemark Movie Club. That's been uh, that's been put in the marketplace by one of the major exhibitors. So we're very excited about it. You know, the the, the challenge is that the consumer has got a lot a lot of additional options at home. And the television hardware and systems are much stronger at home. So for us, uh, the challenge is to motivate people to you know, leave their home and go out and spend uh, you know, somewhere between 8 and $12, depending on where you live, to go to the movies. And so that's why we put all these luxury loungers in and why we've improved our food. And, and we've spent so much money to improve the guest experience uh, at the movies. And, um, you know, our research says that uh, people are really, really noticing the difference. And and that's why, you know, we're gonna, the industry's gonna be over $11 billion again this year.
2: Zerati says Cinemark launched Movie Club with one major objective, to drive attendance. And it uses things like perks to do it.
5: You know, people need an, uh, a reason to, to come out. We wanted to reduce all the friction points of going to the movies. So the first thing we did when we were designing a movie club is we talked to a lot of our movie-going guests and asked them what would they want most in a subscription-based program. And we went out and designed a program around that so that they could come to the theater for a a reasonable price. They could reserve their seats or their tickets in advance with no online fees that if they didn't use their movie credit for one month, because we're charging $8.99 for that, if they didn't use it in January, it would roll over to February. And it would roll over again to March, and they could bring friends and family with them to use those as well. And when you come, you could bring a guest with you, and you could have a companion seat. And then on top of it all, we said, if you're a movie club member, we're gonna give you a 20% discount on your concessions. So when you, you add all those up, It's a very compelling offer for the consumer, and we've gotten rid of all those friction points.
1: So does all of
3: this stuff actually work? Here's Bloomberg's Anusha again. I think in the big picture, you know, it's not been enough to shift the whole industry. Definitely, obviously we see in the rising revenue from the box office that reseating has had an impact on being able to charge more the question is long term if, if that's really going to uh, keep yielding, you know, those kind of results as people get used to, you know, a reclining seat being standard. The question I, 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 I the, what I hear theatres say and, and executives say is like, if we could just get people to turn out just one more time a year, that would make a big difference, which is, is kind of amazing. This discussion is happening at an interesting time because Star Wars, the new Star Wars The Last Jedi is opening. That is huge for theatres. Uh, so much excitement about that film and um, it's gonna, you know, probably very easily be the hit of the year. There are fewer of those kinds of films and, and studios like Disney have really kind of shifted their movie-making strategy to be fewer but bigger event films. They're more expensive, there are a few of them, but people will turn out for them. So they have the Marvel movies, they have the Lucasfilm movies, they have films like Frozen. And that's the kind of area that, that's the kind of direction Hollywood is taking. And also, we're seeing potential consolidation in Hollywood. We've also got a pending deal for Fox and Disney, eliminating one of the, potentially one of the six studios. So this is a time of major change for the movie industry.
2: The movie business is undergoing some serious change. Like lots of other industries, it's been rocked by new technologies.
1: It does have something going for it, though. Going to the movies is an experience. Unlike retailers, who are trying their best to make clothing more of an experience and less of an object, movies are by nature a form of entertainment. Mark Zerati says that's what draws people to theaters to begin with.
5: I, I equate it to this. You know, most people have a nice kitchen in their home. And you know what? they like to go out to restaurants. And the the shared movie-going experience is one that people really like. Whether it's a big action adventure, whether it's a mystery, whether it's a comedy, a family movie, uh, people like to get out of the house. And I, I don't see that changing as long as we as exhibitors create a great customer experience and the studios and content providers continue to make great movies. And from what I see, looking forward into 18 and 19 and 2020, there is a great lineup of movies coming. And we're, every single month, improving our theaters and the guest experience. So I'm pretty bullish and positive that Mm -hmm. that the business is gonna gonna continue on for the next five, 10, 15, 25, 30 years, because people want that shared movie-going experience.
2: Even still, the shared movie-going experience is going to keep evolving it'll likely look pretty different down the line. Theaters have already started showing live events like boxing matches, operas, and old movies. You could probably find a Star Wars themed event at a location near you.
1: Theaters are finally being forced to do more to justify raising ticket prices. Some are even introducing virtual reality experiences and other techy things. So think about that next time you grab a big tub of popcorn, lean back in your newly renovated comfy chair, and don a pair of 3D glasses to enjoy a movie.
2: That's it for this episode of Material World. Thanks for listening.
1: For more episodes, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Bloomberg.com, or wherever you listen to shows like this.
2: For more of our regular coverage, follow us on Twitter. I'm at LC Rupp, and Jenny is at Jenny M. Kaplan. For more on the movie biz, Anusha is at Anusha Sikui.
1: Material World is produced by Magnus Henriksen and Liz Smith. Francesca Levy is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts.
2: For our loyal listeners, we have some news to share. This is going to be the last episode of Material World as you know it.
1: We're taking some time to bring you something even better. So stay tuned. Can you hear something? Can you hear me now? Oh, hold on. Hello? Can you hear now?
3: I, I can hear Anusha, can well, you. Anusha? Well, I can hear you. Can you hear them? Oh, no, I can't hear anything. Okay, can you hear me? Say something over on the other side. Hello? Oh, Hi!